Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert, and you're selling out. Yeah, I mean this residency. I do think like I mean I perform here a lot. Like are people going to kind of get sick of me or say, "Oh, I'll catch her next time"? But yeah, this month has been cool because each week, like it's different. I was solo or I'm trio or I have some different bandmates playing with me and different people opening the shows. Um, so I tried to make each one kind of feel unique and switched up the set list and stuff to if because there's people who have come to all four i mean there was yeah. actually someone in the audience who came from brazil for the whole month oh my to minnesota because i've never gotten to brazil and so they just decided they were going to come here for a month and and like live here for a month and come see me every week which is amazing so i think we're going to invite her backstage this saturday and oh, cheers wow. Lissy is an outstanding artist who plays a lot here in the Twin Cities. In fact, she's doing a residency right now at the Parkway. And I, I think the best thing for all of us is to check her schedule right on her website. And you can Google Lissy, you'll find out. But she spent January weekends performing at the Skyway. She's our guest today on My First Concert with Dave Lee, brought to you from the Aquarius Homeservices.com studios, also by Starbank.net and UCARE. And Lissy, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, um, for, first things first, what was the first concert you ever went to? You know, I, I'm pretty sure it was actually a Neil Diamond concert. Um, we, I'm from a town called Rock Island, Illinois, originally. And then like the 90s, we our, we our kind of arena opened, which at the time was called The Mark. I don't know what it's called now. Um, and so uh, my dad had gone to college maybe with someone who was like a roadie for Neil Diamond. So we got, we got to go to the concert and my oldest brother was, was there and, and it was fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Neil Diamond fan. I like Neil Diamond, but it was just really exhilarating because it was in a big, you know, thousands of people and, you know, lights and, you know, big band and just like really sensational and just gave, you know, gave me the chills. I was probably like nine or 10. It's really cool. A lot of these stories, a lot of first concerts for people were with their mom or dad. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel honored now when I see little kids at my show from time to time and their parents are like, Oh, this is my their first concert. It's like, Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> Were you able to attend many concerts and after that before you started performing yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in like junior high and high school, it wasn't as easy to, to get to concerts. And my parents didn't go to a ton of concerts. I mean, I think the only reason really we went to Neil Diamond was um, because my dad had an in. Um, but I was able to go see Tom Petty and Metallica at the oh, Mark when I was in high school. Um, kind of went through like a fit in my fish phase, like, you know, fish, the band PHISH. So I was able to sneak away and see them in high school, but then I didn't come home till four in the morning. 
Um, and that was the end of my concert going, <laughs> going days. Um, but yeah, I, in college, I went to, I, I went to college in Colorado state and Fort Collins, Colorado, and there was so much live music. I mean, I, I, I feel like every single night I was out either at an open mic or at the Aggie or the starlight, or we'd go to the mountains and see music. Um, so went to a lot of concerts in college and then in my LA days as well. Um, so yeah, I got to, I got to experience a lot of live music and every time I'd go, like I saw Lilith Fair in high school. I mean, that was just, I was like on the edge of my seat, almost feeling anxious, like, oh my gosh, I want to be up there. I want to be up there. Like, this is what I want to do. So it was really inspiring uh, for me. And it would make, it just further made me know that like, I want to be up on that stage singing my heart out. Well, it worked out pretty well. You know, that uh, that's an interesting conversation as a sidelight though, but as an entertainer, you know, we go and we expect to see you and hear you. You know, we have certain expectations, which are probably unfair. But as an entertainer, when you're at those shows, at some point in your life, were you watching anybody saying, oh, I need to learn that move, or I need to do this, or not really? Uh, I don't know. Probably not really. There was an artist I remembered seeing a few different times, and like they kind of did like the same kind of set and the same kind of set of stories at the same time in the set. And I remembered at the time thinking that was kind of weird, but now that I am doing it myself, I sort of understand you do kind of have your little spiel, you know, your little anecdotes and you know, you don't want to talk too much on stage, but you also want to, you know, talk enough. And so I kind of, I, I try to be mindful of like, not, not falling into like, too much of a routine, but it, as a performer, I think it, in hindsight, I was like, oh, now I understand why that artist kind of had their, their, their spots where they spoke and the things they spoke of, because you kind of have to put together a, a flow. Uh, let me go back to something you just mentioned here a few minutes ago, and that was when you saw Tom Petty. And um, Tom Petty, I had a chance to see his last concert when he was on that last tour, little did we know, but here in mm. St. Paul at the Excel Energy Center, he, he was always good, saw him many times. But didn't you play with Mike Campbell and the Heart, from the Heartbreakers? I did, yeah. So, well, I saw Tom Petty, I mean, probably from like the most nosebleed seat ever in high school. <laughs> um, and then I actually got to open up for them at this fundraiser in LA for this uh, radio station that was trying to expand their frequency. And so I actually got to open up for them in the wallflowers at like a 500 person theater, which wow. was just crazy. Um, I got to see him again with, uh, Stevie Nicks in uh, Hyde park when I was in London, um, which amazing. And then, uh, I, you know, and then sadly, like he passed, I was a huge fan. Um, and then not too long ago, Mike Campbell and his band were playing in LA and I got word that he you know, would like me to open and I got to sing a wow. uh, song with him. Um, uh, which the, was the, uh, you wreck me, baby. We sang that together and harmonized and he couldn't have been lovelier or friendlier. I mean, he really was, uh, he's such a legend and I, I such an admirer of his, like, of his style and he's just the nicest person. So yeah, I got to open for them. 
I know you're very humble, but uh, Mike Campbell, of course, I always was impressed with Petty's band. They just stayed together all those years, which was, you know, rare, I would think, in really any line of business, much less music and all your traveling. But uh, Campbell had such great respect from artists all over the world. And then he asks you to open his show. And uh, I don't know um, if you were nervous or if, I mean, but for Mike Campbell to come to someone and say, I want you to open my show. I think he's got a pretty good handle on music. And how flattering was that? So flattering. I mean, I kind of think sometimes too, like I forget that people know who I am or I just assume that people don't know who I am or, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. So so I, um, I was like, oh, like he knows who I am. He knows my voice and he knows my music. And I think he'd been having different artists like Margot Price and some other uh, female artists coming out and opening and singing with them. So it was kind of part of a kind of a thread. Um, so yeah, what an honor to kind of keep that company and be someone he sought out to, to open. It was super cool. And, you know, when we were talking, like, I mean, he, he kind of made it seem like, Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to work with you again someday. So who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be, that would be a great combo. I would think the, uh, uh, you also mentioned Metallica and of course, yeah. uh, in my former metalhead days, I've sounded Metallica several times, who I really, really like, still like them. Yeah. Uh, your range is impressive with all the things, the music that you like. But you've done Metallica. You've done a Metallica cover. Yeah, you know, I Nothing Else Matters just is probably just one of my favorite songs. I just think it's so beautiful, and I've always loved it. And then when I was just kind of starting out in my career and I was doing covers here and there, like I finally had this guitar player at the time, Eric Sullivan, who's who I wish was still my guitar player. Just when I moved back to Iowa, like the logistics got harder, um, but he's out in California still. But I finally had this lead guitar player who could play guitar like Kirk Hammett. You know, like I I was with someone who had the chops to to do the, because I'm like such a sucker for a guitar solo. So uh, it was really fun to be like, oh, we can cover Nothing Else Matters. And, um, and the Black Album too, just that I really like, liked that album was a big album for me in like junior high and high school. Uh, yeah. A, a huge album. One of the cool things in sports. I can't remember for Virginia tech, I think that has uh, a Metallica song before the team comes out of the field, blaring through the stadium. It's just over the top, overwhelming. Uh, when yeah. we, I want to take a short break. When we come back, I, I want to ask you about uh, Minnesota and performing here. And because you're not that far away, as you mentioned, uh, in Iowa, uh, if I could, I just want to address yeah. your Minnesota connections. I do want to thank the folks that make this possible. And that's Jeff and all my good friends I've known for over a couple of decades over at uh, AquariusHomeServices.com. And I know that we have to-do lists. I know as a homeowner, and Lissy's probably in the same boat, there, you've got a shrinking schedule, you've got something coming up, and you spend time stressing over household repairs than enjoying life or whatever it is you're doing. But you aren't alone on that. And Aquarius Home Services has your back. And I've known that for a long time. They're trusted. They're local. I remember when Jeff started the company, they can tackle that to-do list. It's a furnace, maybe, electrical work, plumbing. If any of that stuff's giving you trouble, just choose a service. And by the way, if you ask them right now, they're going to get 98 bucks for you off that repair cost. So ask about that for any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair. They're slashing the $98 from the price. So I want that uh, to-do list you have, I want it to shrink. And I want you to reclaim your time. It's so important. No more worrying about the flickering lights or the leaky toilets or the noisy furnaces. 
They're dedicated pros. They'll even ask you if it's okay where they park their van when they come over. Aquarius really believes in earning the right to be recommended. I'm just so thrilled to talk about him with Jeff. I'm glad he uh, enjoys this podcast and is one of our great sponsors. Or just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Lysia is with us. Really thrilled she'd take the time to join us out of what is a very busy schedule, including another trip here this weekend up to the Parkway in Minneapolis, which is a legendary place from for many, many years. Lissy, the Minnesota connection. Uh, let's talk about it because Minnesota has a real vibrant, uh, longstanding music scene, whether you go back to Bob Dylan or, of course, Prince, but so many other bands and performers in there. And you're part of that. How did that whole thing start? Yeah, well, you know, um, I was living out in California for 12 years. So when my career kind of started uh, in earnest, like when pe- I started touring and people were knowing who I was and the radio stations started playing me back in like 2010, um, I still had been living in California, but, you know, the current and uh, like cities, like different radio stations in the Twin Cities were given um, my music some airplay. And that, you know, translated to then, you know, when we, we do tours around the States and, um, and we just always had such a great reception in Minneapolis, like the shows would sell out and, uh, it was just like clear. We had this great audience and this really dedicated fan base that would come back time and time and time again. Um, and the current, you know, continued as well to like have me in for sessions and it just kind of kept going and then completely coincidentally because i i grew up in the midwest in the quad cities so i'm from rock island illinois uh across from iowa across the mississippi river and i knew like i don't know about 10 years ago i started to get the itch to move back to the midwest um so i settled on like northeast iowa because it's you know close enough to home but you know this driftless sort of region is just a really beautiful part of the midwest with the rolling hills I'd always kind of romanticized this idea of having a farm. And so I, I live on an acreage. Um, but yeah, it was just purely kind of coincidental to like me liking Northeast Iowa, that then it's like, oh, now I'm so close to the Twin Cities. It's easier for me to get up there. And I have such a great fan base up there and people are so supportive and um, ended up meeting a bunch of musicians who are now my band, who are all based in the Twin Cities. Um, and now I actually am in Rochester, Rochester, Minnesota right now because i kind of live here now too so i'm kind of a minnesotan because i'm getting getting married in august so um yeah thank you my fiance is up here so i'm i'm bouncing back and forth but i i found myself minnesota's just sort of called to me i guess and here here we are (laughs) and you're selling out yeah i mean this residency i do think like i mean i've perform here a lot like are people gonna kind of get sick of me or say oh i'll catch her next time but yeah this month has been cool because each week like it's different i was solo or i'm trio or i have some different bandmates playing with me and different people opening the shows um so i tried to make each one kind of feel unique and switched up the set list and stuff to if because there's people who have come to all four i mean there was actually someone in the audience who came from Brazil for the whole month oh my. to Minnesota because I've never gotten to Brazil. And so they just decided they were going to come here for a month and, and like live here for a month and come see me every week, which is amazing. So I think we're going to invite her backstage this Saturday and oh, cheers. Wow. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's like, you know, there's at least a handful of people who've come to every single Saturday. Um, and 
I mean, they've all sold out and it's just been so much fun and everyone's just so respectful and lovely. The banter and the crowd energy has been great. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I'll be checking the schedule, but I'm hoping that you come back sometime here in 24 once this residency finishes. Cause I know a lot of people want you at their shows, but you, you made me think of something else when you said set list and you know, we go, we enjoy the shows, but how much effort goes in to you putting together a set list before a concert? Well, you know, I think for a long time when I would do these, like, you know, cause I too were in the, in Norway and the UK as well. So, and I play, actually play with a, a UK based band when I go to Europe. So there's like kind of a lot of moving parts. So usually for like a tour, it's always kind of the same set list and I'm kind of guilty of it then always kind of being the same set list. It's like with each album I put out, I sort of pick the, you know, pick the the hits or like the more known songs off of each album. When you start making that list, you know, now I've made five full length albums and have some EPs, you know, then you kind of can end up kind of like doing like the same set list and closing with the same numbers. Um, so I'm kind of guilty of my set lists being, uh, the, not that I've had like hits, but you know, like the hit, oh, yeah. uh, but that was what was good about this month is because I'm like, well, if people are going to come, you know, so in that case, it doesn't take too much effort, you know, up front it does, but then I kind of tend to just do the same song. So it's easy, but this month has been different because I've tried, you know, we'll play some songs on Saturday that I haven't played any of the other Saturdays. And like when I was solo, I played songs like I've never played off my albums because some of the songs on my albums that are like the B B sides or, you know, the more yeah. obscure ones, I've never really performed live. And I was joking on stage. I actually had to Google my own lyric or my own <laughs> lyrics and chords. Cause I'm like, I, I, I was like, what are the, what chords are these? Like, I don't even remember. Like I haven't played this since I recorded it. Um, yeah. So this month it was a little more involved of like making sure that if someone was coming every week that they didn't, um, uh, you know, feel like, oh, she's just going to play the same 15 to 20 songs every yeah. night, you know, mixing it up. Yeah. You know, and then you, you mentioned chords and now you make me think about the guitar. So let's talk about that very first guitar you ever had. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. And it's actually kind of a story that still like makes me wince a little. Cause my dad had given my mom a, uh, a classical guitar when they were dating and my mom and dad have been together since high school. So like they've been together for more than 50 years now. So as a gift, my dad had given my mom like a little classical guitar and she never really learned how to play it, but it was at the house. And so I sort of, that was what I tried to learn on. Um, but when I was in high school and I was really, really playing like a lot and I didn't really have like money, my mom said that I could trade that guitar in for this other guitar uh, that was a Samick and it was red. Um, but then now in hindsight, as I, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't think about stuff like no, that. No. I was like, Oh, I wish I never would have gotten rid of that guitar that like my dad gave my mom. That would be so <laughs> special to still have that. Like, but I wasn't thinking in those terms at that age. So I, I traded it in for, and it wasn't like a brand I knew of the, the nylon stringed one. So I, then I played this red Samick for a long time. And then uh, that one didn't sound very good. It was kind of cheap and crappy. <laughs> so I eventually, in college, I was playing a lot. 
I was playing a lot of open mics and opening for people. So for Christmas, my family gave me like a Martin guitar. Oh boy. And it was really, really nice. Yeah. So, and I took good care of that one. And now I play a Fender, uh, like parlor style acoustic. So. The, well, I think you got a song waiting to happen with the story of that guitar and your mom and dad. I know. I still like when I think <laughs> when I think of it, I'm like, oh, why did I? I should have just told my mom, like, you know, someday you're going to wish I kept that guitar. You should just buy me a guitar. But I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I had some jobs, but yeah, I no, did not. No. Like I always worked in high school, but I didn't like have the money to buy a guitar. So no, I hear you. I know that feeling. But I, I gotta believe your mom is so proud of that whole uh, thing that it's uh, she. She's I'm sure thinks it's really cool. Yeah, no, my parents are very. Um, you know, I think they're proud. I mean, all all of my siblings have done done well at what they've done, and um, I think I'm the youngest. They were probably like, "You're gonna be a musician." Like, I think my dad was like, "Okay, yeah. is that really, is that really like realistic?" But my mom always was very supportive, especially of like getting me into any kind of like singing thing I wanted to do, or musicals, or classes, and all, she always, I think, really knew I could do it. So. The uh, the venues you played, do you do you like the larger? Do you like the small? Do you like the outdoor? Does it re- does it matter at all to you? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think really it doesn't. It doesn't totally matter. Like, of course, it's fun to be in like theaters just because they're beautiful and they have you know or the ornateness from theater to theater yeah. is just kind of history. Um, but, you know, also playing in like a new, more modern space can be good. Playing outdoors is always fun as well. I mean, sometimes I think just like the small, like solo shows can be good because I, I feel like it's easier for me to just hop up and do that. So I'm probably more relaxed versus when you have this big show in a big theater and you got the whole band and there's all these you've been traveling and you have to load in really early so that you can sound check and, you know, there's more to do and logistics. Um, but then you guys, not really. I mean, my main thing is that even once I was like, you know, su- relatively successful, you would be surprised at like some of these, how disgusting some of the green rooms are, you know, and it was like rock and roll in my twenties. But by the time I hit my mid to late thirties, I was like, you know, can I have some soap and some toilet paper? <laughs> like what is happening? Like, yeah, it's not, it's not rock and roll anymore to have to like be in some like gross, dirty room where like the couch is kind of broken in the middle and there's like nowhere for anyone to sit. <laughs> so I kind of, um, it's been nice. I feel like I've been playing more stripped down things in actual theaters where it's like, they just take such good care of you. Like they feed you and they're so glad you're there and they're so welcoming. Like I play in Norway a lot and Nor- it's always so great in Norway. They just, they're like, you know, we're going to feed you and we're so happy you're here. And like, we, we've put out some towels for you and like, you know, like I, just like creature comforts or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I digress, but um, I don't know that I have a preference about like the type of room I perform in. You know, I made my first trip to Norway last year uh overwhelmed i mean you know a family from there but the the people are just Mm. side themselves they're just so nice as you mentioned Mm -hmm. Uh, the scenery is 
I, I don't know if I've ever been to a prettier place in the world than Norway or among the prettiest places. I don't know when you're performing if you get much time to see the landscape. Obviously, you can't help it in that country because it's everywhere. But I think I saw that you ran a 5K when you were over there. Is that right? Oh, you know what? So that's it's probably misleading. So this is another thing is that I got popular in Norway completely unrelated then to the fact that probably my biggest sort of fan base is in Minneapolis where everyone seems to be or Twin Cities, rather, where everyone seems to be Norwegian one way or another. And also in, down in Iowa, there's yeah. like all these towns. Like, So there's a Nordic Fest. So I ran the Iowa Never. Nordic Fest. Yeah, I ran that 5K. Um, okay, so no, but then my fiance and I this past summer, because so yes, I go, well, at least especially before COVID, but um, I was over there this summer doing some festivals. So it's for a good 10 years. I mean, I was over there at least once, if not twice, three times a year, wow. gorgeous and have made friends there. So I, I have really gotten to see, see some things and, and spend enough time that beyond the shows to like explore. And it is, it's like breathtakingly really gorgeous. Um, my fiance and I, though, this summer um, hiked to the top of Pulpit Rock. Um, so like wow. that, That's yeah, funny. it's called... It's called Pre Prekastolen in Norwegian, but it's pul pulpit rock, and yeah, it was really, um, it was really kind of scary because you get to the top and you're just like, oh, that's really steep. Like I'm gonna, and there were people standing at the edge, and I was like, ah, well, <laughs> this is well, this that's is scary. pretty. That's pretty good workout getting up there too, isn't it? Yeah, I was surprised that I was able to run the 5K and hike to the top of the mountain because I had not prepared in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so I I don't know how I did it. The um, uh, Gosh, I know I could go on the map with you, um, but I first heard you uh, sing, uh, I think, when the night, um, night moves. And I, uh, a little bit when I heard it, I played it. I, I, I think I rarely will listen to a song two, three times in a row, but I did. And I still have it. I, it's one of my workout songs. Awesome. Uh, and the album obviously is huge. Uh, I mean, it, it's just so good. So can the derivation of the song, can you, I mean, uh, the lyrics, the music, where did that all come from? Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of a, a newer, newer to my music. If yeah, Night Moves was what caught you. Cause that's yeah. all Carbon Canyons that just yep. came out September of twenty. 22 yeah 22 um yeah you know a lot of that album it was sort of made through this like arc of grief of um you know i went through like a breakup at the beginning of covid and it just was extra gnarly because of the isolation and yeah. being kind of just out in the country with my dog like couldn't really go anywhere or do anything or see anybody um so there's kind of like a journey on that album from like more somber stuff to more hopeful stuff. But um, Night Moves, it was it was actually at my parents' house, I think. Sometimes just songs will sort of plop in my brain. I don't know, like where I think I was sitting outside. It was summertime. And, you know, it gets that kind of those humid, humid nights in the Midwest where you're sitting outside and you feel the humidity on your skin. And there's maybe some frogs making noises and lightning bugs. And I think I'd been sitting out back at my parents' place, um, just kind of enjoying the summer night and the summer breeze. And 
you know, like sometimes you're in those moments of stillness with yourself. Like if you're not like looking at your phone or, you know, just really like, and kind of just sitting there being, feeling reflective and like some, sometimes those sensations of like the way that the air feels or the way that a night feels or the way that certain things are, will kind of bring back these memories of times that you've been with people or, you know, I was sort of maybe feeling reflective and sentimental and, um, kind of being reminded that idea of like sort of being reminded and everything of this person, um, that is, you know, gone now. Uh, and so that's kind of sad, but it also kind of rocks. That song kind of rocks too. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. kind of accept accepting of the fact that things change and people leave, but, um, yeah, so that one was interesting though, because really, like, I just was sitting there. I wasn't even trying to think of songs, and it was just like the whole, you know, way the night moves makes me think of you. Like, it just kind of all came pretty fast, and it's like the same three chords the whole time, practically. You know, I love it when that happens. When it's just like, oh, here it is. You got a song, and then my friend Martin, who I I write with a lot, he kind of helped me like finish some of the parts. But yeah, that was that one kind of just downloaded from somewhere yeah well i've seen videos of you performing that where you it looks like you actually jump in the air while playing your guitar i mean it it, it gets you moving on the stage i'm sure the crowd's jumping too yeah no it is it's a fun one to rock out i mean that's the fun thing about playing with the band is that once you got you know you got that, those drums going and the lead guitar parts and the melodies and counter melodies and you get that energy up um <clears throat> and it's like you know there's some high notes in that song that like you know, I do have to kind of physically amp myself up to be able to like, you know, squawk, squawk, just not squawking, but you know, like I got to kind of push the notes out when I start kind of screaming towards the end of the song. So. Well, I, I, I'm going to let you go here in a second. Uh, I, I don't want to, but I'm, I'm going to, but I, I want you to think about this as a, as a kind of a final question. Uh, you're going to, let's say you are going to put together three acts that you want to perform with or just want to listen to. And among those three, if you had three acts to put on stage, it's tough. And you'll probably change the answer the next time I talk to you. But uh, think about who you would have on stage, who is the live ah. who you'd like to perform with. And I'll give you 60 seconds to think about that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm, I've got two of them, I think. I really like Jeff Lynn. It's ELO. So Jeff Lynn slash Electric Light Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And then I've always really liked Damon Albarn from like the Gorillas and Blur. And maybe like Joni Mitchell. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. It'd, be be an, it'd be an eclectic lineup. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great lineup, though. Hey, we're talking with Lissy. We're going to just uh, let her go here in a second. I do want to thank the folks. Uh, our bank at Talk North is actually Star Bank, and they're the ones that have all these products for you to assist you with everything from managing that inventory you have in the business, maybe paying vendors, covering operating expenses, but also the competitive rates and the flexible terms. The thing I like about Star Bank a lot is not only are they good at what they do, and there's really not a lot of red tape. This is a bank that started in rural Minnesota many years ago. The same family owns it, but now they have 10 locations, including right here in the Twin City Metro. And the, this is, here's, here's a novelty, uh, because when you call them, they have a live person that answers the phone. 
They don't send you to press one for this, two for this, three for this. So that might throw you for a loop when you call them, but that's, they've always kept that personal service, that small town service, which is just awesome. And I know a lot of us are doing the digital thing in banking. I get it, it makes sense. Uh, and they have all that, obviously. I just think it's kind of refreshing to walk in and they know who you are. You know who they are. It's the fame, same family all these years. So I don't know if you're getting ag operating loans or if you're getting a camp or getting that RV you wanted or a home loan, whatever it is. Uh, they're good. Personal banking is good too. But I just experience it when you get a chance. Maybe it's your fingertips digitally, but if you can get in there, it's pretty cool. I'd call StarBank today or go online at starbank.net. The loans are subject to a loan application and approval. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender, but they are our bank right here at talknorth.com. Uh, Lissy, obviously, I could talk to you for a, a long time, listen to you a lot longer because uh, uh, tal- talented beyond measure. But what's what's up on the lineup? What what do you want to do that you haven't done? And what's the year holding? Are you still scheduling shows for the year? Yeah, you know, I've been sort of I'm on the uh, backside of sort of every time I like put out a brand new album um, and then I tour that with the band. Then there's sort of this period after that of sort of simplifying kind of going back to trying to do like some solo touring um kind of my goal right now is like every month or six weeks can i play a few shows solo or maybe trio to just kind of scratch that itch to perform but also like you know make a little money um but this year i'm sort of slowing down ish but i'm getting married this year so i've got a lot of planning to do but um i'll be in uh, the chicago area in March, as well as uh, Three Oaks, Michigan. I'm trying to plan some California dates for the spring. Uh, most summers I go over to Norway. I don't know if I will this year, but um, you know, I, I stay busy. And then I also, I was on this TV show called Louder Milk. Oh, I forgot. That, uh, has, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that recent, just recently has gotten to be quite popular because it, it went on Netflix on January 1st. So um, I, I feel like all of a sudden I'm getting all these new people discovering my music. Um, and I've, I've recorded a bunch of covers and I have some live shows that I've recorded. So I think I just kind of, there'll be some content around, but I'm probably not even going to think about making a brand new album of originals for, for the next year or so. I'm kind of, I need, I need to relax a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cool gig you got on, on uh, the Netflix thing. That is and, and I know you've been featured on some other shows and stuff too, but um, that is. Uh, That's really the only time I've like acted though. And it was really right. nerve wracking, but I acted in it. And I, apparently I didn't do a terrible job. So well, how did that um, happen? Yeah, how so did that's they been decide exciting. they wanted you to be an actor? Um, so I used to live in Ojai, California. And actually one of kind of my, not really my neighbor, but like friends of friends and became friends with uh, Peter Farrelly, who's one of the Farrelly brothers. And oh he was really supportive of all the musicians in Ohio. Like he'd come out to our shows sometimes him and his wife and just got to know them. And, um, this guy, Guy Webster, who sadly has passed, who was this like legendary photographer. And so kind of got to sort of know some interesting people out in Ohio, California. Um, and yeah, after I moved back to Iowa, like he had just reached out to me the summer of 2019, I think it was, and was like, Hey, like we, I've got the show. It's on direct TV at the time. Um, and I, I have this idea for like a character who's like, a musician and like i think it would be great if you would you know if you could do it and I, the, her name's lizzie you know so similar to me kind of based on me but not exactly and i was like oh you know i don't really know if i can act i did theater <laughs> as a kid like 
I've done some acting, but I never, it always made me feel really embarrassed. Um, but he's like, no, you'll, you'll be great. Like it'll be edited to make you look good. Like, you know, just, you know, do it. So I'm very grateful to him for kind of creating this part for me slash encouraging me to try something new and people are really seeming to like it. Yeah. Well, the, the fact you could do all these things just adds to your, I mean, just adds to the resume, doesn't it? But it, what a, what a great opportunity and, and it's fun to see on there. And that's a pretty cool. Yeah. Such a great cast. opportunity. And I would encourage people to check it out because it's on Netflix now. Like the cast is so great. Like I'm in like the end of the third season, but the whole series is just really well done. Great, great cast. And, um, you know, kind of irreverent humor, but also like really kind of moving and it deals mm-hmm. with some serious stuff in a, in a funny way, really. So well, you, you have this wonderful humility, which makes you even more likable, but this kind <laughs> of makes you be more of a social media type, doesn't it? I mean, you almost have to be, don't you? Oh my gosh. It's funny. Cause just today I did a post to say like, thank you to my new followers. Like I'm not very good at posting and I'll try to be more active. I mean, I think when I was younger, I wanted more attention. I sort of even said that. I don't feel like I necessarily want to be on social media and like trying to get attention. It's like, I want, I just want people to find my music and listen to it. Me as like a person, you don't need to see a selfie of me every day. I don't know. I I struggle with social media. It's like, I don't really, it's like, if you got to know me, I just am like a normal person. So it sort of takes away probably from the pleasure of just, just listen to the music. Like, you don't really need to see what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I know that my management's probably like, oh, that's not the right attitude to have. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it today because I don't really want to be on TikTok, but I think it's like we kind of have to be. Yeah. Well, fans want to. I know, but it's bad for our brains. I, I feel like it's not good for our brains and it's not good for our lives it keeps us very distracted and it's very addicting and people are weird sometimes out there everything gets very inflamed and especially when there's like really heavy stuff going on in the world it's hard to i don't think it's the right place to have those conversations i don't know yeah a lot of anonymity uh, on those you know yeah Uh, Lissy, I really appreciate your time. I probably went longer than I should have, but I could, I, I honestly could go a lot longer. Congrats and everything so far. You got, I mean, a lot of good things ahead, but uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Look forward to hopefully having you back here in Minnesota sometime this year as well. And uh, just. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. I just, I, I'm long winded. So, you know, my answers were long, but um, I really enjoyed speaking with you and I'll for sure be back playing in the Twin Cities sooner than later. So keep an eye out. Okay, well, heads up. I'm going to follow you. Now I'm going to follow you on Instagram, at least, for sure. So that's, that's, what, <laughs> right. on, so that's what I'm going to try to follow you on. Hey, thanks so it's much. Mostly, it's mostly pictures of, like, my garden in the summertime. So lots Good. of garden content. Well, but. we have three gardens, so I can identify with that as well. Oh, nice. Yes. Awesome. She, well, thank you. And she's at the Parkway, by the way, this weekend again. I don't know if tickets are left. Probably not. But just check out. Maybe get on the waiting list. She is Lissy. Check her out on the on uh, wherever you want to Google or find her websites, your performance and then listen to her music. Cause I think once you hear one song, you're going to want to hear the whole catalog all brought to you by you care by star bank and by our good friends at AquariusHomeServices.com. Dave Lee here. And again, a reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, talknorth.com. And I will see you again next week on my first concert.